This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. Greetings, welcome back to another episode of the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, Jim and Tom, The Grays. And uh, this is a full-on Star Trek episode. We, we sure but we have some some lead-ins to our picard series review uh let's open with a wrestling minute uh you had brought to my attention seconds ago yeah that drew mcintyre sh- shot a uh crazy scottish promo yeah and it's awesome uh, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of that we were just talking about how how he got big and is he on roids and uh, theoretically how he could beat uh brock lesnar but we always for all these guys that gain a ton of weight or recover super fast or are in, you know, credible shape, we all, I mean, we are trained to think roids right away. And, you know, if John Cena is to be, to be believed, which who knows if he is, there's natural ways to look like that. He said he's been natural his whole life. All right. But, uh, you know. That hair is not natural. No. That hair is certainly not natural. Um, the Rock claims to be natural too, right? Now... I don't know. Yeah, you know what? He probably is because he does. I mean, so he so, doesn't have to do anything else besides his job is to train. So I know somebody. He trains and then shows up as The Rock to a movie set and they give him a different name. All right. So I know somebody who is very close to me. I won't mention this person's name who used to train with The Rock's WWE former trainer. Okay. Like way back in Miami, all that stuff. Yeah. Rock was getting injected twice a day. I'm not surprised. Maybe Dwayne the Rock Johnson isn't on roids, but maybe Rocky Mavia was. Maybe, maybe. When he um, had- maybe I don't think. I really don't think Rock is now. No, uh, unless he's like doing T replacement because he's older. Yeah, he might be on TRT. Yeah, but, but I mean, that's that's a natural. That's thing, always right? been a cover for elevated testosterone levels because you're on something. Yeah, but but we don't you know we don't hear the Rock doing. Getting a DUI on quarantine yeah. and flashing a gun, yeah. a la John Jones. Oh, rough stuff. Goddamn John Jones. So we have WrestleMania coming up in, in a week. It's already being taped by the time we record this. Who is your winner of the main event? I guess the main event, well, I guess the main event isn't. Who knows? Is it The Fiend and John Cena? Is it AJ and The Undertaker? Uh, I think... No, I don't think The Fiend and John Cena should be... Is it Becky and Shayna? Nope. Um, I don't think any of them have had this... Who knows with WWE, but I just don't think any of them have had the storylines build yeah. up. Be, I Drew has had at least two months of storyline to build this yeah. up. Especially with uh, Roman Reigns and Goldberg not wrestling now. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, so that I think that would have probably been the main because you got, yeah. you've got the man. No disrespect to Becky Lynch, but you have the big dog <laughs> going out there and fighting the the old man. Yeah. Which, uh, that's what I hate about WWE right now. The fact that they just, these part-timers just come in and cash those big checks, win the championships, and, you know, it's all, it's all Saudi yeah. Prince money. But it's just frustrating when you see the, the counterpart over at AEW and how they're building storylines. They already, it's, it's crazy, but... Cody Rhodes and the team over at AEW is kind of like Kevin Feige at Marvel. Yeah. Like he knows when people are going to be released. He knows when they're going to come over and he has the exact same storyline planned for. It seems like he has, if not like the perfect storyline planned or the exact storyline planned, he at least leaves it open enough to bring somebody in. Yeah. Like when they brought in uh, Luke Harper, now Brody Lee, as the exalted one for the Dark yeah. Order. I was talking to my friend Dan, who's huge on wrestling, big AEW guy, and he he and I both agreed that we thought it would be cool if it was Matt Hardy. Right. It was like the the obsolete and you know the brother not brother Nero, that's Jeff Hardy, but broken Matt Hardy would have been perfect as the exalted one. Yeah. At first, I thought it was going to be Raven because they kept putting him in the crowd, and you know AEW pays. They homage. did do a lot of swerves. Yeah, absolutely. So and then Brody comes in, and then. You know, he's finally getting the mic. He's finally getting to be an A-list player where he, he should have been in WWE. And then they released, like, then Matt Hardy's in there. And I thought a cool storyline would have been, or could be, for Cody, who who I know is listening. Uh, be, uh, if you have 
Matt Hardy comes in as he's fighting with the elite and then realizes that he he's actually the exalted one and Brody Lee's just an imposter. I don't I yeah, I, I think um Is that too old WWE like fake Undertaker, regular Undertaker? Yeah, maybe. Or or swerve on swerve on swerve. I think uh yeah, but a lot of his a lot of the motivations of uh of of Cody is has been kind of old school wrestling. Yeah. But um I think they played I, I think it was nice being played. I didn't mind, yeah. Yeah. you know, being fooled. And I, I liked it because I everybody thought Matt Hardy would be perfect. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, Brody Lee's going to be re- or is going to be showing up sometime. And yeah, Ravens out there and all these guys have had or have a character that are, you know, in cults yeah. or can be. Jake the Snake starts coming back and he's got his own little posse. And he. You know, he's on the mic spitting fire each and yeah, every time. promos are tens. Yeah. Uh, ten times better than Britt Baker's promos. <sighs> I just actually, I actually just saw, because we're on quarantine, I just saw a movie with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts in it. Oh, really? The Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays a, a washed-up wrestler. Yeah. Uh, down in Lake Smoky Mountain, Mississippi. Yeah, it's a, with the, it's a Down Syndrome kid, right? Yeah, and Shia LaBeouf. To... Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about watch it. Watch it. A lot of people were telling me, oh, well, a lot of people said, I don't want to watch... You know, they have a something uh, Down syndrome people affect people yeah. certain ways. Yeah. Like it, it's hard for some people to watch. But, you know, some people think, oh, they're taking advantage of them. But, oh, yeah. you know. This doesn't even fo- – like Down syndrome is mentioned a few times. But it's totally about these him yeah. and Shia LaBeouf becoming best friends and promises and being a man of your word and trying to make amends and, and – family for some for a really strange reason but um i highly recommend it. i you know, i grew up with this stuff like um this is my reminds me of my clients like one mm-hmm. especially one of my clients uh who wanted to be a professional wrestler so i watched it and i was like man this is so good and you know your boy yellow wolf's in it oh really yeah he plays rat boy <laughs> yeah which is absolutely <laughs> perfect i i was on a big shia labeouf uh movie binge this week yeah i, I saw uh, honey boy as well oh did you really good both of them are really he's good he's so- <sighs> We have that period where everybody lost faith, though, because yeah. he was a lunatic. Yeah. For whatever he was doing, I don't know what he was going through. Um, drugs, I don't know. I, I actually never hear... It was a mental health thing. He was yeah. he was an alcoholic, and he had, like, a mental breakdown. And Honey Boy kind of focuses on that because it's about... So Shia LaBeouf plays his dad, and um, the kid from Quiet Place, Noah Jupe, yeah. he plays young Shia LaBeouf, and then Lucas Hedges plays older Shia LaBeouf like 21 23 when he was like fighting people in Walmart and then he's like freestyling at like the docks yeah. in California that shows you like the mental break and he's trying to rebuild that with his father that seemed like a thing that he was doing was trying to tell people his story through all these like as that was all going on he was still putting out like these indie movies mm-hmm. and and he was trying to like edge his way into different things and I think he, he turned out to be a real good actor mm-hmm. seems to be like a sort of decent person. Yeah, good writer. He wrote Honey Boy. Yeah. Um, I think he wrote Peanut Butter Falcon. He just, he had his problems. Hollywood lost faith in mm-hmm. him. But he made all the money that he'll need to like get him to the next like small indie project. It doesn't yeah. seem like he really cares about winning that Oscar or, you know, making Being a superhero. Your, yeah, it's yeah. just more about him making movies. Yeah. And we said it about, uh, what's his name last week? Uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's cool to get into that position, I guess, as an actor. You're like, I kind of, you know, I'm at a point where I could just make the movies I want to make. And yeah. I'm allowed to let people look at me any way that I want them to see me. I don't have to. Yeah. And you forget, like, Shia LaBeouf was a kid, like a kid actor, yeah. like very young through all the even Stevens and Holes and stuff like yeah. that. And like he had accomplished more, I, like more, I guess, real world stress by 15 than you and right. I have, you know. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's crazy to see, like. Most child actors don't make it. They always hit that 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 Shia LaBeouf moment, right, where he's fighting people in Walmart, and then he they just either they falter. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The, like look at Frankie Muniz. What was the last time you heard from right. him? Right. Well, he had a car crash, right? Didn't yeah. He? And um, like went in a coma. So, but that, and, point, but. and Colk, Macaulay Culkin, he had a really bad rough yeah. time, and, and he's he's making his exact. transition back into everything. Yeah. Like. So it's good to see these kind of success stories. Yeah. Or it's good to see that they. They might not be like 
true, like super successful stories, but they're not dead. Yeah. They're still here. They're still working on it. And uh, they're making a comeback. I mean, like, we don't talk about it much, but like, I, uh, you know, I, I had my moments and you're sober, yep. but I had my, I, no, I was straight up alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You know, I had more blackouts than I could literally remember. So, like, yeah, I, I had to, you know, yeah, we've all had our moments through. Yeah, I one, had to like get out of it. Another. I had to get, you know, and so even me, mine were for different reasons than his, I'm sure, but everybody's got to come out yeah. of something. So I, I don't, I don't have the immature like, oh, he's a complete and total asshole. I'm like, well, no, he obviously was fighting something and he got out of it, and let's give him a second chance. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I think he's earning them. So. Yeah, and as from a, a movie review perspective, Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon. Both fives for me. Yeah, I heard really good things about Peanut Butter yeah. Falcon. I, I watch both of them. Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime has Honey Boy for free because it's an Amazon movie. And I think it was like five bucks on on demand okay. for uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. But that was a Shia LaBeouf rant yeah. centered around Jake the Snake. Uh, <laughs> in the battle of networks right now, or I guess brands, AEW in my mind is crushing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. E- even in the sense that, you know, they're still, both of them are still doing contact sports uh, during a time of quarantine. Yeah. Uh, they're both doing it. Oh, mm, the style of the show now kind of looks the same. They move the cameras around, yep. move the hard cameras to old Ring of Honor stuff. AEW's like, doing the other wrestlers in the crowd, which is well, great. Yeah, but they now they step away from that and they have like um, it, they're just alone in the crowd or alone in the thing. But yeah. they're still doing like people watching. Or showing people on can and like watching, yeah, from rooms and stuff like that. So, but I do, I do think AEW wins over WWE. But I'll still watch both. We'll probably still talk about both. Yeah, you, know, you know, still have rest or uh, WWE Network. So. Yeah, until they make an AEW one. <laughs> All right, but moving on from our wrestling minutes, um, I have two what if situations for us. Uh, the first one is about a movie that I forgot on our um, March movie madness bracket. Okay. And it's a big one. I wrote it down. It was action and adventure. I think it was number two on my action movies that came out right behind No Time to Die. And it's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, shit. Right? Uh, How do we not? A a listener pointed it out to me and said, man, you're missing it. And I was like, damn it. Because that that would have changed everything in my mind. Put that in the do-little bracket. So would that – so would Ghostbusters have changed – your final four would that have made it to the final four yeah i think so. right yeah because doolittle was on there because i needed more movies well doolittle had what would be called like the best bracket yeah absolutely because it was, itself outperformed universe like it was like the duke bracket like yeah. when duke goes up against like florida gulf coast yeah yeah, yeah. jackson murray college yeah. h&r block it's important to make sure they make it yeah the further Duke makes it, the more money yeah. the NCAA makes. So, oddly enough, they had a good bracket and they made it further. I don't think they had a chance to compete. I don't think they were going to beat anybody really. Yeah. Um, I mean, their numbers is already written. But I think Ghostbusters probably would have beat them. 500 plus, you think? I think it has, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, it's a, I don't think Ghostbusters is a billion-dollar movie because everybody's got that – Kristen Wiig and Wilson McCarthy. Well, that's the thing is I think mouth. enough of the real fans of Ghostbusters will see that okay, it's not that movie has yeah. nothing to do with that movie. We maybe shouldn't have put that movie out there. Yeah. We now this movie is nothing but like fan service. Yeah. It's kind of the Sonic treatment. Like we we're giving you what you wanted. So yeah, I think five hundred plus. Yeah, maybe six teetering around the six, depending on, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know the Asian markets uh, interest in Ghostbusters. I haven't, you know, haven't watched a documentary. I've watched Ghostbusters documentaries and I know that like every state, every county has their own version of Ghostbusters yeah. and they all collect yeah. patches, which is cool. Um, wish I could afford a proton pack <laughs> and everybody's making them. But it would be I think it would have changed my top four. Yeah, it definitely would. have. I think it would have bumped trolls out of the top two. It- could have possibly done that, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a big trolls man. I think it's well. I listened back to that episode as I'm reviewing. It, I was like, man, you are high on trolls. I I think for this year it has the potential to make a lot of money. Yeah, and it's coming out in two weeks, just about two weeks. Yeah. So I'm gonna watch it. 
Now, here's the thing. We don't know what's going to be happening yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks seems to be what everybody is willing to, to, we're both, you know, jobless. Yep. You know, we're laid off, not jobless. We have jobs to go back to. We got the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Now our job. So. Our dream. We are manifesting our dreams. Yeah. Patreon goals. Yeah. Um, actually, I know some people that are playing D&D online in uh, our next meetup. We're going to be playing board games online. Nice. So. We Patreon, right? <laughs> we can get that on there. Finally, put something on Patreon, right? Um, but this has the potential to, to to open up as we're coming out of something, or maybe we're digging deeper in. Yeah. And it, it, I think it depends on how they play. Like, if next week we're dug in deeper and we're f- from New Jersey, and let's say we are in that that potential, you know, emergency quarantine, yeah, National Guard you know, uh, uh, quarantine, um, then maybe it, it's just, it'll make a ton more money. I think, listen, but I, if they lessen restrictions and maybe, maybe people go outside and they don't sit over the, their computers more. Theaters and, aren't going to open for it. So I the, think theaters going to open probably like, even if they lessen restrictions, it's probably not going to open for like a month. Yeah, I agree. Them making it a immediate, they were the first ones out the gate to say, we're releasing Trolls digital. Yeah. April 10th, we're releasing it. And the fact that they, they did that before everybody and now Call of the Wild, the movie that nobody wanted to see, is available on uh, digital and uh, Downhill, that Jul- Julie Louise Dreyfus and yeah. um, Will Ferrell movie is now available. But Trolls is going to, I think, absolutely crush it because everybody's looking for something to do with their kids. Yeah. And especially in our area and the three, three states that are affected the most, all the families, if they can't go out and do anything, you're watching movies, you're downloading TikTok, yeah. you're making all well, this crazy I'm saying. Shit. I think it has potential. If we're really dug in deeper, yep. then we will turn to our TVs. Yeah. But if we're like same, let's say we say the same or lessen restrictions or, you know, numbers start to change and, you know, China's numbers are starting to change. But then maybe we go back out and we don't yeah. maybe we've had enough of indoor yeah maybe we all watched tiger king and we're ready to move yeah. on and, and watch something else it's uh, speaking of tiger king i wasn't going to bring it up because it's maybe just a an inside conversation between the two of us we have to do a fan cast yeah. we we yeah we absolutely we're gonna need to do <laughs> danny mcbride is the tiger king yeah he wants to do it i don't know if he wants to but he should. They were saying a Joe Exotic and uh, Danny McBride Eastbound and Down kind of uh, <laughs> mashup. I mean, Danny McBride would be perfect, but the fact that everyone now knows about Joe Exotic, yeah, and you and, and I've I have known it for, for years. Yeah, we remember when he ran for president. Yeah, he ran for president. He released two country. I, we oh, knew all about yep. this stuff. Everyone was like, "You, Jim, did you watch Tiger King?" Like, I was like, "No," but I know the story. <laughs> yeah, like, I've, I, I've years been... ago. <laughs> A podcast that we listen to has been giving us updates on yep. Joe Exotic for two years. I feel like they need to get residuals. For oh, this. they need to be involved in it. The fact that they're not interviewed in this documentary yep. is actually makes me kind of mad. Yeah, because they've been talking about it. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the last podcast on the left. They yeah, they talk side about- stories. They've been talking about Joe Exotic, giving us updates constantly. Yeah, for at least like we've known about this this um, this court order since. Well, he's in jail now, but we've known. About the trial when yep. they served him with papers, like even before mm. that. So and we listened. They played his music on the show. Yep. Oh, so good voice of an angel. <laughs> so Danny McBride definitely plays Joe. Um, Carol. Oh. To make up for all of this, I think they should have the guys from the last podcast all play versions of Joe, Joe Exotic, and his two boyfriends. <laughs> oh God, Henry as Joe Exotic. That would be amazing. <laughs> Carol's kind of got me as like a a Roseanne Barr. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. Or there's another girl, Kelsey, that lost her hand to in a yeah. tiger accident <laughs> and kinda, goes back. Yeah, <laughs> she kind of looks like Roseanne Barr a little bit. I think. Well, I think you got a type in your head. Yeah, because yeah. they all kind of look I de- like. I definitely do. I definitely do. But um, <laughs> go watch Tiger King. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched it? Uh, most of it. Yeah. I haven't even started. Nicole it. was three. Nicole was three episodes ahead of me. So like I, I was hoping we could watch it. I was like, now I got to catch up. Yeah, got to watch all three of. What's it? Six parts? Yeah, I think so. We're probably gonna start it tomorrow while I sit on the couch yeah. and Chelsea works. All right, but the next what if is a, a rumor that came out of um, Greg Berlanti and the WBCW team, where they said that uh, during the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, 
there was supposed to be a Swamp Thing and Constantine yeah. team up. Would you have been on board with that? Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I don't know if that would have led into a the rumored Constantine series on DC uh, Universe with Matt Ryan still. I think that it would have given great. us a little, you know, the hair on our back would have stood up as we watched Justice League Dark a little yep. bit. Um, they could have, they could have set up their own little Justice League Dark between Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. Constantine, and you bring Lucifer in. Yep, would have been game over. But eh, they failed. And Raven, you could have brought Raven in. Yeah. T- to fill in before we get Satana. Yeah. But uh, I thought that, that was a cool little yeah little tidbit. There's not a lot of news coming out other than like the cat's butthole cut and you know yeah. release the Snyder cut and everybody hates Evangeline Lilly because she's not quarantining. Yeah. And that's all. That's the news that we have is from yeah, stuff that that's... was like eight months ago. Yeah, it's true. Um, and there's also, if we go all the way back to, remember the last cro- crossover? Yeah. Uh, remember how they teased Psycho Pirate? Yeah. Not in not in this crossover. He was supposed to be like the big bad. And he's gone. Well, yeah. How do you in- not include Psycho Pirate? Because they, <laughs> I think they secured, you know, a, 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 a good story. And they're yeah. like, okay, well, they're like, we oh. got all, we pulled all this together. Yeah. This wasn't supposed to happen. We, we can cut Psycho Pirate because we got Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think that 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 was the one of my favorite moments of nine, uh, 2019, early 2020. Yeah, because 2020 sucked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, having the crisis yeah. was having a crisis before our crisis was was fantastic. But that's what, not on the. I know there's a lot of memes out there. Uh, a good one was, uh, it's like March 2019. It's a bunch of people drinking beer in their like around a fire pit and go. How could April get any worse? And then it shows April, and it's the scene from um, Superman uh, where where Zod's ships are landing, oh, and they're like every time it shakes, everything yep. loses gravity and it crashes back down. Uh, yeah, we are living in a uh, an internet expired meme. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about today. No. We're going. Uh, I can't say a galaxy far, far away because. That's another brand. Some part of it. Yeah, true. We're leaving Earth and going aboard the the USS Rios. <laughs> and we're going to review season one of... Sort of Rios, right? but yeah. We're going to review uh, season one of Star Trek Picard on yeah. CBS All Access. Uh, we are supposed to talk about it every week. Uh, as we do... A lot came up. Yeah, as we do on our podcast, we talk about it for the first week and then forget about it. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to do... A, we're going to dedicate this full... Next 50 to an hour long on Picard. Spoiler alert to follow. <laughs> so you're the, the resident. We, we say this every time we talk Star Star Trek. You're the resident Trekkie. Yeah. As the resident Trekkie, did this live up from episode one to episode 10? I think so. I agree. 100%. Now on IMDb, you know how they give their ratings, right? Yeah. It was like 8.6 and then it started dropping every single episode. Yeah. And it started gaining more ground at the last two. Which is kind of how, you know, you kind of want to end on it because that's what people remember going into hopefully the next season. But yeah. We noticed actually getting the next season. Yeah. Is people remember the the ending and that's where you want to kind of build up your story. Yeah. Kind of thought the, the ending was a tad bit predictable. Yeah. When you seen the Gollum. Well, that and then uh, I knew that the the Romulans were going to go away. I didn't think there was going to be, be a big war. I knew Starfleet was going to show up like they did. We we have, you know, uh, I keep wanting to call her Sandra O, but Commander O. <laughs> Commander O, yeah. When she's like, you know, set phasers to not stun. Like, we're going to just start. We're going to destroy this, this yeah. little ship. Uh, I want to call it the Milano because that's essentially what it was. Uh <laughs> What was it? And then everyone shows up. And I'm yeah. like, that is a very Star Trek thing to do. It's every movie. It's every show. And it's perfect for this se- this yeah. series. And uh, when it, we go back to Acting the- Captain. Captain um, Riker. Riker. Oh, that was an awesome moment. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of secluded. You know, you, you don't. I, I kind of liked some of the things. They didn't beat you over the head with everything. Yeah. We, we kind of found out about his, his oldest son and. Uh, it was a slow burn. Everything was kind of slow to get you to find out. And we, we kind of realized why Captain McCard's been acting frail yeah. and acting. He doesn't have the same juice that he had. Mm-hmm. I think at some point there was a turning point where he actually 
he himself dealt with the fact that he was dying. Yeah. And I think that was a turning point. For, it was, I thought the whole series was good, but I, for his character, he was like, okay, I'm dying. Let's get it out of the way. Yep. Now let's start figuring out how to turn this all around. Yeah, and it, it gets got to the point where I'm watching it and I'm like, this is easily one of the easy easiest watches for me. Yeah. Like, it's not that it's it's not complicated, but there's so much storyline through it that I could sit there and watch all ten hours and not feel like I wa- sat there for ten hours because the watchability of it. Yeah, yeah. It um, it is very bingeable. Yeah, it, it did come out episodic, but it's it's set it, it, it it's almost Netflix bingeable, yep. which. You know, I, I binged, I I did two big binges. I took, you know, once we kind of steered away and for the coronavirus and everything else, I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll just binge them all. So I did like two really big binges, yeah. watched them two chunks and it does really lend itself to that. And yeah. I think it's really good. I, um, I was about six episodes behind as of Friday and last night I couldn't sleep. I watched three episodes until like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, Looking at my clock, I'm like, wow, it's three o'clock. But I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it because it was the story's compelling. You feel for the characters. Um, I don't know if we have the same favorite character, but um, we'll get to that. The thing about this with Picard is you also see that Picard isn't the outstanding, uh, genuine citizen that we think he is. Uh, He left Elnor. He left the Kawhi Malat. He left everybody. Yeah. Uh, And he... He backed out on his promises. You know, he, Mars happened and he kind of failed the Simps and he failed the, you know, more Romulans. And you see the fallout of that. Right. Um, what did you what did you think of the depiction of uh, Picard? Right. But I, I, I think you see when his it's what he thinks of himself and what everybody else thinks of him and how much they want him to accomplish based on his mythology, based on his story that everybody tells about yeah. him. You see it with Riker's daughter. Yeah. Riker and um Troy. Troy's daughter is she's been told all the stories. But you see like his his old crew all know him and like mm-hmm. you're going to save the galaxy. We get it. Yeah. You're going to want to go do it by yourself. You're going to go get it done. We get it. And you're stubborn. Yeah. It's less a, it's it's everybody you know, has put a lot of pressure on him to accomplish these tasks. Yeah. And he puts a lot of pressure on himself, but all the people that have been in his life and have, you know, operated with him know that he's just a, a, a guy. Yeah. And, and he has every, he has, he's going to fail, but he's going to fail yeah. doing something spectacular like, or he can fail. Yeah. He put all but these- if he fails at something, it's, it's a million times bigger because he takes on things that are bigger than a normal person would take on. Yeah, and he takes on these huge burdens. And the right. whole, you know, saving all the Romulans. Right. Um, how's one man going to do that? And, you know, they We've, bounce. We, I mean, realistically, if we, if we take this as, uh, you know, it's a it's a, a sequel to the show, he's already saved the galaxy a million times. Yeah. Like, it's already happened. Every other week... Literally, yeah. he saved the galaxy. But when he's saving the galaxy, he's already like. There's always going to be a small group of people that are like, "You didn't right. save us." And those that though, it's building and it's building and yeah. it's building, and it, it seems like, oh well, he neglected these people. It, yeah. You know, it's you know, remember the good but forget the bad, yep. kind of thing. Or, or in this case, it's you know, vice versa. Remember the bad, forget the good, and. It, it you know he he does it too yeah. so he's as guilty as those people that are attacking him for doing the same thing they but when he goes to that romulan planet and they're all like oh well, it's your fault like no you should say it's his fault that you all are are alive at this point yeah. what happened after sucks it's a, it's a community effort between your leadership the federation mm-hmm. and picard in a way cuz i guess picard was supposed to fight harder for you but and this goes back to, I think, I've always said it, the Federation has been, since the original series, has always been held up with all this yeah. praise. And whenever anything, whenever the Federation does anything shitty and these new ones are like, oh, that's not how this how it was thought to be. But it was always written in yeah. that the Federation had a lot of problems. And there's always corruption in everything. Right. It's and- a huge group. And it was written in. To all the old series, if you really watch them, pay attention. They just overlook stuff. They, you know, there was corruption. There was, they, you know, 
this guy Daystrom is like uh, turns out to be a, like a murderer and a lunatic, and they name the biggest institute yeah in in the Federation after him and the biggest prize after him. So the way that they kind of moved in and included O into the storyline, it was organic. Yeah, it wasn't like oh she came out of nowhere and boom here she is. She was appointed because the last uh, commander in chief of security <laughs> got killed or something. They. It was an internal mole, and it worked its way up. And right. this was all about spies. Like this is this is very Hydra esque. Yeah, it's an espionage show yeah. wrapped in a sci fi classic because you have multiple spies. Yeah. You have oh, you have Narek, you have Girardi. Uh, the Girardi twist was was pretty big. Yeah, uh, when I saw it, I was like, she wasn't my favorite character, and then she turned into my least favorite character. I was like, oh, I don't like you at all right now. Yeah, like why would you, like I know that you know they did the mind meld and all that stuff and. Then she had to take this, what looked like a giant tum, and she had to swallow it. And, you know, you're having the, sex with the captain and all this bullshit. The, the, here's my one criticism. The ease at which everybody forgave her. Yeah. But she really didn't. She didn't have an excuse. She just killed him because she felt like she should. Yeah. It wasn't. There was never anything that said, oh, I was like. Yeah, she wasn't ordered to kill Maddox. Yeah, it wasn't ordered. wasn't like. Nobody in her head told her to do it. There, which all these things could have happened. It's yeah. a sci-fi show. You could have made it that she was. We've seen it in the show. Like she, she was being controlled by somebody else, or yeah. she had a worm in her head, or yeah, anything. The, Literally anything would have worked. Rafi said that there was a psychic neural block in her brain that won't let her talk about what was going on. And then she started talking about everything. Yeah. She knew about the abomination. Oh, and she uh, took that, that pill. Yeah. Yeah, that she almost kills herself. And at that point, I was like, if you live, you live. If you die, pfft, okay. Yeah, yeah bye, that was, bye, that, she was, she was the weakest spot on this whole thing, yeah. I think. But. And, and that's no discredit to Allison Pill. I think she acted good. It was just a very poor character. Yeah. Um, who was your favorite? Uh, Outside of Picard, because it did revolve around him, but he wasn't like, like I said, he was like kind of a shell of himself. Yeah. Um, I almost want to say because of his arc and where he came from and where he wound up, I kind of want to say Rafi. I, I, yeah. Or, Rafi was... Her. I yeah, mean, Rafi her, was uh, giving me heavy Gina Torres vibes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, as as a novice to the Star Trek game, I thought that she was a pre-existing character. I didn't realize that she was new. Yeah. Uh, because I've I've seen her and things. So the whole like, oh. crew is all brand new, essentially. Yeah, they're because none of them were on that show. They weren't mm. on the, the next generation. Yeah, yeah. And Rafi was good. I liked I liked the story that they told with her. Yeah, you know the the family issues. The you know she gets fired and she has to live in a trailer outside of what yeah. looks like because she's gives you that uh, you know tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist yeah. that it's all coming true now. Yeah, and. So. She's the guy. She's the person that is on the inside that knows that the Federation is flawed, but right. nobody believes her. She's a heretic because she says all that stuff. I liked her, her, um, her, her arc as well. I had a tie for two, uh, as always. I can't pick one. Uh, I thought Elnor was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's an obvious giveaway he, because yeah. he's badass. He's a Ronin with awesome eyebrows. Yeah, uh, I loved everything. I, yeah, him. I. This gave this was a deeper storytelling of the Romulans. And I, th- you know, we've been getting a lot of story from Romulans since uh, uh, the the Chris- Christopher Pine stuff, yeah, because that was a lot of Romulan stuff in mm-hmm. the first movie. So yeah, narrow, yeah. So we're we're getting a lot of it, and and we're it, telling a bigger story. So yeah, I mean, it's it's this year. Well, you have Discovery working with the Klingon, yeah, which is you don't want to oversaturate the Klingon. And now you have the Romulans here, but they also included the Borg, which was awesome. Uh, my second one though was Rios. Yeah, and not just from a, a perspective of who his character was, but his acting was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. The fact that he was playing, I, mean, uh, I he he's a he he was a he's number two. Yeah, close to a one a one one b situation. I just his accents were yeah. crazy good. All the yeah, he had to play he had to play five different characters, yeah. and I thought that that was really cool. And I like I like that he you could see the the tension between him and Picard, Joc- uh, Jocelyn for who's in control when yeah. they're on the ship. And at the end, where he's like, half at it. And Picard's like, engage. Uh, I I think going forward, I think we're going to see a lot of, um, a a lot less of Picard. Like, it's going to be centered around Picard, whatever the next season is. Mm -hmm. But I think this is his established crew. Are you happy with the established crew? 
Yeah. Okay. I, I like that he's he recognized that and said they're motley. Like yeah. he's recognized that it's not like um, it's not perfect. Yeah. There's nothing perfect about it. Um, kind of bummed that Girardi's still on the team. Well, I would have liked them to like circle back to Deep Space Twelve and just drop her off because again, yeah, I wasn't sure. Like she's a murderer. I really, yeah. So was everybody else. I mean, Picard's murdered people when he was uh, Lacutius of or yeah. whatever his name is. Um, when did that happen? Lacutus of Borg. That was one of my questions. I don't remember uh, him becoming a Borg. Oh well, no, that was like a, was that season the season three. Okay, okay, I did not watch that. I think. Correct I, me, but I I'm like pretty sure I like. All, when he was in the board, the cutest of board. Yeah, when he was in the cu- uh, the cube, and as he's walking through, and it's just that simple one little scene where one of the uh, XBs noticed him and called him by his name. Yeah, and they didn't even go back to that. I thought that, that was really great. Well, every Borg scene was awesome. Yeah, like when well, uh, we got seven to nine, who's yeah. huge, and it, it was a big gift because she wasn't in the original. She was in Voyager, right? Yeah, uh, but you also get Hugh. Uh, who's Hugh? Uh, because he's number one question on here. Who is Hugh? Hugh's had three episodes, I think. Maybe I know definitely two, but he, I'm pretty sure he might have been in three. He was in a he was in a lore episode, but he was the first XB. Okay, very first one that there. There turns out like in Voyager, you see a lot of XBs because. There's, they still have a link with each other. Okay. And they're all over the Delta Quadrant because kind of Borg space is kind of in the Delta Quadrant um, of, of the galaxy. Um, that's where all Voyager takes place. Uh, but here, uh, Hugh, they were able to, you know, when they were fighting a Borg, they were beamed on. Everybody was beamed away. No, no, I think this was actually on planet. Uh in Borg, all the Borg were either beamed away or, or you know, killed in the fight. But Hugh was left alive, so they okay. beamed him on the ship. And originally, the plan was to um, plant a virus in his brain mm-hmm. and take it back. And since they have that link, it would spread it. They've actually, I think, used it later on. Okay, but they were able to like bring Bo- Hugh out of it and and turn him around and. He learned identity. He he wanted to give himself a name, and he learned he had friends on the ship, and all these other things. And um, He's, this isn't like a Nog character, is it? no. Okay. Uh, it but I mean, realistically, it takes place over one episode. Okay. And and, and they give him a choice if he wants to go back and try to to turn other people. So he's a turn. deep he's a deep cut. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they give him a choice if he wants to. It, it, they could bring him and they could try to remove it, just him, mm-hmm. or he can go back on the cube and try to, to turn other Borg. And that's what he chooses to do. Okay. And later on, more things happen. But uh, uh, what's his name? Like John Della Arco, I think his name okay. is, is the guy that plays him. Yeah, he's he's uh, I was kind he, of I, he has a huge role in this, and it was it was fun to see him. And I was kind of as, bummed when he died. Yeah. As far as Borg go, that he's like an OG. Okay. He's been kind of fighting for Borg rights since the beginning, but Borg yeah. Borg for life. Borg for life. Now speaking of the Borg, we we got seven of uh seven of nine, who was awesome. Yep. Uh, Jerry Ryan still looks great. What happened to the cube at the end? Because we we see it break into the the small planet where all the synths are. Yeah. Um, we don't see it anymore, and seven of nine is now. On the crew, uh, and the cube let her go, and was like, "Annika's got she more was, work to do." She she assumed the role of the hive queen. Yeah, every Borg has like a queen on the Borg. It's like a bee colony. Yeah, but there is a a larger queen of the Borg of all the Borgs. Okay. And then as you go down, they don't have a rank structure or anything. They have like. She was seven of nine. She was of a group of nine okay. Borg in one section. That's how she got her name. But now she goes by Annika, which is cool. But um, yeah, it's just it's not a rank structure. It's just that's where you know okay. she fit in. But there is a somebody controls the 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 cube. So when the artifact goes back online, um, the Romulans beam. They dust all the Borg. They're like, yeah. get the hell out of here because they know that. It was Once, game over. Yeah, because they work as one thing, and and the Borg, you know, terrorized, you know, 
I know about the Borg. I, yeah. I they're they're very hive minded. They're very yeah. Uh, they're like termites. It's like when they did that flash of the of the fox being disintegrated, like with the the maggots and stuff. Yeah, that's the Borg. Yeah. Uh, but now it's back online. We know that all most of the XBs are gone, but the the cube slash artifact is still intact that, that we know of. Does this open up the Borg for season two? As I think villain? it has a possibility because once. I think what's going, what could possibly happen, is is uh, it's important that they have no. Uh, why it was important that they shut everybody down that could communicate, and they they were just rescuing them one at a time. Mm-hmm. They had to they had to disable their their subspace link, is I think what they call it. So they have like they have a link to the cube, mm-hmm. but more importantly, they're all linked. Every board across every galaxy is linked together. Through like, you know, I think that's the subspace line. So they have to take their Bluetooth out, essentially. Basically, yeah. Okay. And it's it's once that that, you know, once that went up, and it turned itself back on, or she turned it on, it was linked. It they could potentially say it, it might have linked back up. Yeah. With, with the oh, the Borg link, the Queen and all that, yeah. and. Now they they might come back into Earth space. Yeah, there's. I mean, they the end kind of left it for for several different villains. They left it with the Romulans are still out there and they're strong still. Yeah. Even though they lost um, the commander, not not O, but the the other lieutenant. Yeah. Nero's the, sister, the, uh, yeah, Nero's yeah. sister. They lost her in an awesome fight. They incest. There was a heavy like vibes yeah. like where she like straddled like grabs him on bed and like. Yeah, it was it was real weird. It was very incesty. They, they talk about it. Did you sleep with anybody yet? And yeah, he's like not yet. Yeah, you're yeah. waiting for me. Like it was re- real weird. Uh, Narek, I hated Narek. Yeah, uh, he played a great Harry Treadway played Narek, but he played a, a great scumbag. Yeah, uh, but then you're like he, he's the hero, part of the hero because like they disguised the drone in the soccer ball and blah blah blah. It's we his need- idea, but. I- yeah, yeah. There could have been a little more backstory on Narek because, like, you you meet him and he's like he's Mister Everything. Like, he shows up and he knows everybody. He doesn't have any clearance. He has he's all the clearance. And then you find out that he's like the bastard of the family. He's Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. Of the 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 Romulan that yeah, family. Yeah, kind of explains that later on that yeah he's failed at everything. Just through done. dialogue. Yeah. Like you get many flashbacks to the crazy aunt who then became Borg and then oh and everybody doing the uh, abdication. But you don't hear any flashbacks to, to Narek. No. And I always thought in the beginning that he was going to be related to Tom Hardy's character. Uh, because, you know, yeah. or, or even um Yeah, Eric they didn't Banner's do character. a ton of um, uh, r- relationships to the, to the the newer stuff. They yeah. didn't, you know, really tackle any of those. I personally thought that this series was better than all three of the movies that they put out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the movies. I'm not saying they're bad movies, but I yeah, think that this... I, I like them more than most people did, I guess because I'm a little biased, but this I, I wasn't so torn up that they had to, re- you know, oh my God, they replaced everybody. Yeah. But This series, it captivated me. Um, what was one of your favorite episodes? Um, hmm. I, I can tell you, I knew which one Jonathan Frax, uh, or Freaks directed for sure. I know both episodes. Yeah. Because like the, the, the cinematography was so much different. Yeah. And, like yeah. the camera foot. He did um, four and five. Yeah, he did the the uh, uh, absolute candor, and then he did the one where they where seven of nine appears. Yeah, in the club where they're dressed as pimps and pirates. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is, and that's a very Jonathan Frakes thing where he he does a little outside of the box and he adds right, a little right. more uh, different influence to the Star Trek lore. Uh, what what were some of your favorites? Um, uh, probably what is it? Uh, I'm gonna just because I don't speak Latin. Is it Nepeneth? No, Et Arcadia Ego. Because we got part one or part two. Part one, but I liked them both. But yeah. part one, because we got uh, Eric Sung or Eric Indigo, Doctor Eric Indigo mm-hmm. Sung. We uh, learned that he's he modeled Data after himself. Well, he's he's Sung's real son. Yeah, blood, flesh and blood. Okay, and uh, we get Data, you know, a little Data in that. So. Yeah, that was cool. I- you know, we, we saw Data in the beginning, and then we see him finally at the end. But uh, when he when he arrived and he walked around, I was like, "Oh, this is this is Brett Spiner. Like this yeah. is this is what I was looking for." Well, what I was thinking is like they had to, and we'll talk about what they have to do because of tr- real ages of people. Yeah, um, they did some trickery, probably CGI, to make Data look 
you know, yeah, they tight, like he hasn't aged. Tightened him up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Brett, Brett Spiner's an older man, yeah. and, he, and we had wondered, like, how are they going to pull that off? And somehow they did something good. I think it was CGI, or, you know, they could do yeah. that face mapping and stuff like that. Um, but you can't do it for, like, a whole no. season. So I, I think they did, like, a real respectful end to his character. They allowed Picard to speak to him, yeah. to get everything off his chest. Tell them that they love each other. Yeah, and and like really like have their moment because mm-hmm. Picard was, he was really angry that he didn't wasn't able to ever say thank you basically. Yep. So they were allowed to have a moment where they told each other how they feel, how how they missed them, and then Data was like, "I need you to kill me. Like that's the only thing I I need to end all this." Yeah, and so he, they were allowed to have that. Yeah, he wanted the human experience, and by having. Uh, Alton Indigo Sung, they, you know, it's an older man, so they're allowed now to have uh, Brett Spiner in this TV show. Yeah, going and, forward, and this was a series full of reunions. You know, you, yeah. you you had Data, you had Troy, you had Riker. Now, as somebody who religiously watched the, it was, is it fair to say it was a religious experience watching the series? <laughs> yeah. Okay, how did you feel about the um, the reunions? Because I thought they were great. Yeah, I thought uh, they were all kind of perfect for what they did they didn't overstretch characters they didn't make them more than what they were uh troy's still troy uh but now she's a mother and she was always like that motherly figure on on yeah because she was empathetic that's her whole species um yeah and it gave you new reasons why they you know why did why why picard didn't want them on the crew why they why he never turned to them he was like, you know, you have your own reasons yeah. not to be with me. There's like, this purposes. is this is a suicide mission, and I don't need you to go on it with me. I know you would say yes if I asked. Yeah. That's basically what he's saying to but him. But puts him in the line of fire so quick. Yeah. He's like, we're just going to go right to uh, Nemeneth. Yeah. And we're going to say, you know what? You got a kid? Yeah. Put your shields up because <laughs> I'm bringing Romulans. Yeah. But I, I thought that the reunions were, were good, and I think they didn't. Again, they didn't ever stretch the characters, and they kept it open for everybody to return for season two. Yeah. Uh, what now? We didn't see a couple other characters. You know, we didn't see um, Will Wheaton. No. Nope. I know he did the post show. Uh, the one I was hoping for uh, was Jordy. We didn't see him. Michael Dorn was on the series too, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. He played Worf. Uh, yeah. We don't see him. I, yeah. I mean, I, we'll see. I, I'm sure they have a plan. Yeah. Because it seemed like this was fan service. It would have been really cool if when they went to see Bajai, Bajay, yeah, um, not to be confused with your latest Amazon purchase, um, <laughs> it would have been cool to see Jordy in that realm. Yeah, like he left where he was. He was, you know, he he's most known for the visor. It would have been cool to see him in that realm, kind of like on free cloud doing his own thing, um, or even uh, Wesley Crusher. Like, where does the young? Yeah. You know, uh, because, I mean, we left with him coming back from his journey and he, you know, he was at he, he was at the wedding of, of uh, Will and, and Troy mm-hmm. at the end of every at the end of, of TNG's movie run. So there is something to be said for he's got, he should be in the show. Yeah. Now, this is kind of like who wants to be in it. And I'm sure Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Crusher, yeah. is going to wants to be in it. I'm sure you know, Michael Dorn would like to be in it. Yeah. And I'd love to have Jordy in it. I don't know what he's, his play. I mean, he's only been doing the podcast. He was the only one I was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, but like outside of the, the three that we got. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he's got something. There's got to be something for him. Like he's, uh, he's already went out there and he's Guinan's going to be on it next season. That's so Whoopi, right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, trying, um, he's still trying to get her. She's not confirmed. Well, he went on a show and asked her personally. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like Whoopi would, would do that for yeah. for Patty Stu, who, man, one of my uh, has to be one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah, just continues to work. You know, they say he's ninety four in uh, yeah. Star Trek. Well, years. that's what I was going to get to. Is he's eighty? Yeah, his his time is limited, and yeah. I like how they they kind of were like, well, we gave you the same body, we just won't have the aches and pains, but we didn't want you to like, yeah, we didn't want you to suffer through like any shocks by giving you like a new upgraded. You yeah. know, we didn't give super, you super bodies. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, that sort of explains away 
but he is still an 80 year old yeah. man who's only going to get older when he's like i'd like 10 years and then like 20 like you know that's patrick stewart that's not picard talking he's yeah like, i could go for another 20 years like and so, he looks in great shape you know there's yeah. a scene where he's in like banana leaves and he's and <laughs> he look he doesn't look a frail old man no he he can still he's not in a wheelchair i mean he, most of his I mean, the last 20 years, he's been playing a character in a wheelchair. <laughs> so I'm sure his legs are, are fully rejuvenated yeah. now. But um, what did you think of the grief world? I think that was like episode seven, where they started with the abonation. Uh, have we ever gone there before? No, I don't know. Indeed. That's why I, I was saying. It's, it's, it's uh, as far as I know, no. Um, we've seen other worlds, like, but not, never seen anything like that. I've never seen like... Um, like the others encroaching, you yeah. know, that's kind of a, uh, uh, a Lovecraftian thing that we were seeing. It's like the mechanical others or, yeah. you know, the, the deep, the deep dark, the higher sense. Yeah. Um, never think- heard anything like that. There are higher species. The board can't assimilate and stuff like that, but never seen anything like that. And that's so different. let's talk about that for a second because it's Borg, it's higher species. We saw that there were higher synths that kind of, they were coming through, kind of looked like worms. It looked yeah. like Beetlejuice for a little bit. It looked a little cheesy. That an- that animation kind of yeah. looked a little cheesy. But that's kind of shut down. Uh, we know that Saga's dead and Suture's dead. Well, all we know is it it could be shut down, or we knocked on the door. Yeah, that's my question. Do they open that up as that's the next big bad? Potentially, because this is how a lot of the big bands have been introduced. Yeah. Q's been introduced that kind of way. Um, the Borg was introduced through the Q that way. Um, like the Zindi kind of was introduced, which they talk, they just mentioned the Zindi a little bit. Yeah, everybody is like, once we kind of, and, and the whole idea of Starfleet and the whole idea of humans getting into space was, you know, the guy Zephram, who they talk about, Zephram Cochran, mm-hmm. discovered warp technology. And, you know, people or the Vulcans were keeping an eye on everybody and said, oh, they got warp technology yeah. that puts you in a in a that puts you in in, in a, a caliber that now you're a spacefaring race. And now you have to be not monitored, but you have to, you, you know, now you've made yourself known. So what's the ramifications? And the Federation comes out of that, but also, you know, the Borg and the Q yeah. and the, the the Romulans and all the bad things. Cardassians. Yeah. Cardassians and 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 you know, everybody from the Delta Quadrant and so They mentioned that. I was like, I know that from the podcast. Uh, when they when they were like <laughs> we uh the Borg when the Borg assimilated the Cardassians. Yeah. Um with that, with the bringing the, the higher Simpson, if that's the, the case, it would be cool to have you know, we have some storylines that are that are left open. You have obviously Starfleet; they're going to have to rebuild after a huge mole and a huge yeah. problem, right? So they have to rebuild their reputation. But you also have the Borg, who may or may not be assimilating as we know it. Could the higher species come down? We know the Borg can't assimilate. But let's say they can't assimilate with this higher synth species. Does that see a Borg team up with the the Federation now? Well, at, it could be you know the Borg team up. Is that taboo in the Star Trek universe? Like- uh yeah, kind of. It's never happened, but the thing is, like, the Borg are looking for perfection, yeah. and a hundred percent synth species uh, could be what they think of perfection. Mm-hmm. So the Borg could maybe team up with the synth species. Oh my god! And then the Romulans team up with the Federation. That's the thing is what if this is going to go the route of of more of a, this one was was kind of espionage and things mm-hmm. like that. What, uh, what kind of vacuum is going to be left in the Starfleet? Yes. Is anybody really? This was to show that you know all this foundation of Starfleet you know, of goodwill that Starfleet potentially built up has kind of crumbled. Yeah, and is that people don't trust it? You know, and they didn't. Most people, people that aren't in it don't really trust it. Yeah. So and the outside didn't trust it after what happened right. to Mars and the synth band. So and now they're going back on their word. How do, do you play that? Besides the the you know thousands and thousands of ships, which they do have power. Yeah. They have huge amounts of physical power. It was very Star Wars Last Jedi when remember when they're on the um or not Last Jedi, uh Rise of Skywalker when they're fighting Palpatine. Yeah. And he's about to launch all the Star Destroyers and Everybody from Lando and his whole crew show yeah. up. The Ewoks are in there on like log flume boats and they're <laughs> ready to fight. But like you, 
so after a physical display of power like they had, if it's crumbling internally by people not really trusting it mm-hmm. and, and they're trying to do, they try to maintain their peaceful shell or their peaceful appearance or yeah. do they try and like, is this the, to, to, to use an, like uh, a Star Wars, is this the empire turning, like slowly turning and going, no, you need to listen to yeah. us. We know what's better for you. Yeah. I think- so are we going to get that kind of screw turn, but, or are we just going to keep, have them try to like maintain peace, even though no one trusts them? Yeah. And how do they maintain peace if they don't? Yeah, if you can't and, trust them. Yeah. The people don't trust you. I think that Picard, I'd like to, only, as much as I love this series, I don't think two seasons is probably what we're going to get just based on, you know, Patrick Stewart and his health. And you never know what could happen. Right. Um, I wouldn't stretch it to like a five, unless they shoot this consecutively. And instead of shooting 10 episodes, they've already shot 20 for the next two seasons. Well, or or they shoot 20 for the yeah, next that two. Would, and, I mean, that would be you great. Know, we get everybody in it. But if yeah. we go season two and season two is the end, I'd like it to be kind of an all out war. Yeah, I'd like I the story the storyline to be clean, cleaned up. You bring in everybody. You you have to assume that most of the people who are watching this are core Trekkies. They know what's going on, so you bring yeah. in everybody, like they kind of did with this one. Um, so we're gonna rate it, and then I have a few questions for what could happen in season two, and then what we what I'd like to see or what you could see. Rate it. What do you, what do you give it? Uh, I think you knew uh, a ten out of five. Ten out of five. <laughs> I'm a ten out of five too, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's good to see that you not really uh, being that deep into it. Really, STD was your introduction yeah. to it. And STD is fine, but it's not your. It's not like a super Star Trek show. No, but it's Star Trek light. Yeah. It's Expanse Junior. Just being a fan of saying. Patrick Stewart can bring you into this and Absolutely. go, okay, this is, this may- is why he is who he is yeah. and why he gets the, you know, the praise that he gets. It makes me want to go back and watch The Next Generation. I have a ton of time. <laughs> so um i don't know if chelsea will let me watch it all while we're working together <laughs> but uh yeah i'm gonna go 10 out of 5 as well because just from dialogue was great the story was great the way it was shot was professional and was beautiful um and it really gave you like nothing moved in space you know what i mean they yeah. captured space and that was the thing that we focused on in a lot of this early stuff that we did how does space look and space like there wasn't a ton of sounds when they're shooting there's not that pew, pew, you know yeah it, it sounded real it was great and the one big space battle we did get with the orchids yeah oh, was that a was cool awesome. sp- yeah like it's shooting out tendrils of some sort and, and swallowing up the ones that yeah. it likes and brings it down yeah that was really cool um i have a couple questions now let's say we get a two-season run out of this but they they don't like people don't like STD. We know that there's a lot of people out there that yeah. aren't aren't a big fan of it. And season four, I think it was renewed yeah. for yeah. maybe fourth and final. Could this Picard series spin out a couple spinoffs? And I, I wrote some down, and I would see what what you would like to see out of these. Could we get a Riker and Troy on Nepathy? Uh, series with the sun and you know oh uh, uh, pre Picard yeah not like pizza oven dad. I wouldn't mind that a pre Picard where it's the sun fighting and creating all these yeah and maybe uh, it's surrealist we're kind of in his brain more than um uh more than in reality mm-hmm. we're kind of like taking the adventure he has with his sister in um the 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 thing that he creates the, the villa uh, yeah uh, Levine of the, wood, of, yeah. of the woods yeah I wouldn't mind seeing kind of something fa- you know fanciful yeah um, like a, kind of like a fantasy yeah uh, that it, he writes as a kid who's stuck at home kind of like and it kind uh, of goes into their brain yeah kind of, I, I like that um and I'm not saying we can go three seasons out of this this is going to be a limited minion series like in between yeah. Picard season one season two right. Um, could we do a seven of nine bounty hunter with the Fenris series? Yes. She was awesome. We could call the, what do they call them? The Fenris Rangers? Yeah. 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 I thought that would be great. Yeah. The only problem is I think that people would get it confused with that Katie Sackoff film. <laughs> and it seemed for as weird as, as it is. And I, I guess it's not weird, but sci-fi core sci-fi fans don't like female leads. Uh no. Look at what happened with STD. Look what happened when they're like, oh, raise the lead. They of Star don't Wars. like, yeah, they don't like leads. They like women in sci-fi, but they yeah. don't like leads. 
Voyager is led by a woman. Yeah. That, that is kind of the only, you know, for whatever she did, she she made it work. But yeah, I you know, as great as everybody, and as much as they love, let's say, Katie Sackham. Yeah. Like she was kind of the brightest spot of that whole show. Yeah. Or one of many bright spots. She, I don't think she could ever do it by herself. And I don't had, think anybody would accept it. And, and she had that After Earth series or whatever yeah. it was, and that tanked on Netflix. Yeah, well, that was. Do you throw like? Do you spice it up a little bit and you cater to your core audience and you throw Seven of Nine, Jerry Ryan back in that spandex gray suit? No, have I, her running around and just. I absolutely, one hundred percent don't mind it, but I don't think she needs yeah. it. Yeah, like, I don't think so either. Because when she was walking, she doesn't. Every scene that she was in in that fifth episode, and even when she was on the board cube was better than Terminator Salvation. <laughs> they could have just put Jerry Ryan in Linda Hamilton's role, and that would have been a much more watchable yeah. movie. Um, I don't think that they need to over-sexualize her. Uh, she, no, no. She looks she, great in general. She came out of that. She started as eye candy mm-hmm. in, in Voyager, and it, she stayed eye candy the whole time. And she wasn't really – she was supposed to do like a small run. Yeah. And she – they – they wanted her on there, and she got a majority of the best storylines mm-hmm. and the best writing. Did she get it because she looked great in that outfit? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But also, you know, when it came down to it, it there was a lot of meat there on yep. the bone. Like there was a lot of really good storylines yeah, to think- have about an ex Borg who is coping. And that's the thing: is Star Trek's always trying to give us humans that don't want to be human or extra humans or extra you know superhero basically like data who are trying to be humans like so we got humans who are tired of it of being human and trying to be better than humans and then we have these people who are better than humans who are trying to find their humanity and she's one of those many many people that are like that like very much like this series that we we even talk about soji yeah the whole story is about picard getting her and her finding out that she's three years and one month old yeah And and her trying to like her 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 kind of journeys in and out of reality, like what's real, what's not real, who am I? Yep. Is any of this real? Is any of this a simulation? And how she's manipulated by everybody, yeah. human, Romulan, uh, her own people. Yeah. Like it, that sutra came she, in, and the people that she trusts the most are the ones that she yep. she worries the most about. Yep, and the person who looked exactly like her. Yeah, she turns in to be like synthetic Hitler. Yeah, and she wants to kill everybody. And just, uh-huh. I mean, it's very, gave me very sovereign vibes when we got to that synth world and they're all gold. Yeah. I was like, ooh, <laughs> Adam Warlock's going to pop up. I was, I was ready for Christian Bale to pop up. All right. So seven, so we're two for two so far. This is definitely for me, Elnor's Kuatmalat training. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see <laughs> Space Ronan just going out there. And the fact that like. Even if, well, his, 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 I wouldn't mind seeing that current, but he's going to be on the ship. So yeah. it would have to be a, a little bit of him like. He's like a side quest character. He goes yep. out and he does side quests. And yep. I, I would love to see him do like... Usagi Jimbo? Yeah. Like that's who he is. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? They got the core Ninja Turtles and Usagi yeah. just goes out and does his thing. I, I Because the whoever... Who played him? Um, uh, Evan um, Evgoron or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wanted to call him uh, Eva Lagoria. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it looks like it. But uh, yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, uh, Evan Evagora. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was awesome. Um when he's on the board cube and he's like, I'll stay. I was like, if you kill him, so help me God. Like you, you already killed Hugh. Like Hugh's going to yeah. die. If you kill Elnor, I'm, I'm absolutely done. <laughs> I would have been done with the series. And the final one. So we're three for three. Would you like to see after Picard series is over? Would you like to see, go back to Rios and Starfleet? Oh, Rios and Starfleet. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind. And it, but he, he's got a, Everything else could be, you know, year by year by year. Mm-hmm. He's got a definitive end to that story. Yeah, I'd like it to be beginning of Starfleet right up to Flower and Janna. Yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah. Um, miniseries style. Like yeah. seven episodes, just hold your, you know, hold your appetite for that next Picard series. Yeah. And you have the actors and, I mean, the guy who played, uh, I think his name was uh, Christos. Christos Reyes. Cabrera. Oh, oh, in real life. Yeah, I don't. Santiago Cabrera. You have him. He's awesome. You have everybody. He needs to be a superhero. Santiago Cabrera. Yeah. That's a that's a superhero. It's either a superhero or a baseball player. <laughs> but he was uh he was my favorite character. I'm happy Michelle Hurd's still it's still around. Yeah. And when she went to go see her son, I think there's still storyline there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot left there. Yeah. There's a lot left. And there's still there's 
I mean, you could always go back and do a seventh episode flashback series for somebody. We see it in every series. Uh, we saw it in Alter Carbon. We we got a <laughs> flashback to the first year of the the Jaegers, and yeah. you, you get that. But that's our episode, man. I think uh, I think we have a good series ahead of us for season yeah, two. Yeah, uh, and you know we will only be limited by his his age yeah. and and his visual aging and this stupid corona shit that we're in right, right we're, now we, we never now know. we, we got to take at least a year off before them filming mm-hmm. well and look not going all that is you know wood and everything else and and say patrick stewart and ian mccullen live you know 100 years more yeah so if anybody needs to stay inside right now it's those two guys <laughs> yeah stay inside Idris um, already has it stay inside yeah because uh have you seen the talk of those two getting a murder mystery tv show i'd love it I, that or like a not Sherlock, that it's really happening but like sherlock holmes series like yeah old sherlock and like he can be uh, sherlock and be watson. watson yeah come on man <laughs> there's so much there for those two they are the they are what will ferrell and john c Riley are hyped up to be in america right just in real life yeah or or even if it's just it's it's patrick stewart and Ian McCullen as Patrick Stewart and Ian McCullen solving murder mysteries. Right. Like, make it like meta. Mike, Who, like Mike Tyson's <laughs> murder mysteries. Could you imagine a movie where I, I'm, I'm just workshop? It's my two dads. It's Patrick Stewart, <laughs> Ian McCullen, their sons, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> I'd watch the hell out of that show. Uh, yeah, whatever it was. Right? I don't even care what double it was. Double Magneto, double Professor X. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that's it uh, before we go crazy and start making more series that nobody wants to see. But that's our Picard review. Um, go back and watch it if you haven't, uh, if you already heard our spoilers. If what we've said opens your eyes and says, oh, let's go give it a shot. If you're quarantined, you have a Yeah, even though this. we spoiled it for somebody maybe not watching it, uh, we barely scratched the surface of some of the things yeah. that's in it. And as a, if you're a Star Trek fan... It's it's really nothing but fan service, and it's yeah. pretty fantastic. Yeah, and fingers crossed for Whoopi, um, Will Wheaton, and LeVar Burton yeah. uh, to show up on season two. Uh, but follow us on social media, Galaxy Wars Podcast, all over the Grays on Twitter. Uh, like, review, rate on all the podcast directories. Support the network, Active Geek, every Wednesday. We have archives of Binks and the Beards and Box Office Flashback. We'll be back next week as we dive back into the comic world as we're going to talk about um, – Jay and Silent Bob rebooted by Kevin Smith. Yep. Uh, we're both big Kevin Smith fans, so we're going to dedicate a whole episode to him. So um, catch us next week. Hope you liked our episode. Here's $20. Buy yourself something nice. <laughs>